Hello, good day everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format and keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I am your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here by my co-host and our favorite recurring guest, Claudio. Hey everybody, this is Ryan. I hope everybody is doing well. Hope you're enjoying playing with the new Crimson Vow cards. Uh, yeah, that's what we're you know excited to talk about today. So, uh, Claudio, you have uh, anything you want to say before we start, or you want to jump right into it? Oh, not not much, but I just think that this was kind of another run run for me because I think the set is really well balanced with some interesting cards. It's nice to not have a shake up every set, you know. Mm. So yeah, I think we can just just jump into it. All right, so Kevin, you want to? Yeah, so new, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say new set is out, and that's what we're here for. Is that we always like to do a little bit of a brew episode. Um, so just looking at some early lists, especially ones that aren't currently as much in the meta, you know, trying to see some things that the new set will do that'll do some interesting or different things or any cards we just really wanted to brew around to make a fun deck out of the new card. So, you know, neither of mine, I think, is super competitive. Um, it looks like, you know, looks like Claudio's got a slightly more competitive one here that's more in line with what I think will be really good out of the new set. And then, um, you know, Ryan, we, we know how it goes with Ryan. Oh, so. I always bring the jank. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe something. In, and I, yeah, I'm somewhere in between here. So we kind of got our Timmy, our Spike, and our Johnny going on. There we go. Um, but we're all going to go through two or one or three lists, something like that, and uh, just take a look at a little bit of what you know really sparked our interest to brew with on this new season. Um, so I'm going to start by passing it right to you, Ryan. Well, uh, in let's see if actually before we jump into this, I know we you know we didn't have time to like do as many decks as we wanted to do. So before we start, can I just ask you guys what? cards did you want to brew with maybe you didn't brew with them today but what cards did you want to brew with was there hmm. was there anything you didn't get around to brewing with well i think i i wanted to go a little deeper on some of the tribes like i feel like spirits got some new tools or there may be some new ways to build spirits that uh, haven't been fully explored yet like i do think that blue mono blue had got some new options in the last couple sets um you know blue white might have some options that would make it interesting over band yeah, I saw some people. I saw a lot of people updating the spirit stacks with like the cemetery illuminator and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think I agree with that. You can build the spirits in very different ways now. I think. You mean like in a different way or a different strategy? Yeah, like maybe, like not entirely new strategies, but it's you have enough tools to revitalize like the other spirit variants. Like now you maybe have reasons that to legitimately play mono blue instead of just bunt. Mm-hmm. Or blue or even blue white. So uh, yeah. So it's more balanced. I'm also curious about yeah. oh yeah. I I'm curious about Dorothea. I don't know if she's actually a spirits card, but that's one of those cards that I feel like I don't know how strong it is until I've played it and I haven't had a chance to test with her yet. So really interested to see how that card plays out, because maybe it could be a lot better than we're thinking it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could well, be I, a blue-white Aurus card, honestly. Mm. So yeah, Claudia, were there any cards that you wanted to kind of brew with, but you didn't have time to get around to brewing with? Mm -hmm. I think I have a short list here of cards I want to try in decks, like uh, Cemetery Protector, Cemetery Prowler. Mm. Those go in different decks, I think. I wanted to play the Protector in blue-white control, and the Prowler in the Willow Guys deck I was trying to make work. Ooh, okay, that's interesting. Guys. What's, now, what's the, that again? So we, 
we, we low guys is a one drop from the last set that whenever a card leaves your any graveyard oh no sorry it's your graveyard your graveyard yeah. it gets yeah. a plus one plus one counter so hey. the idea is that you eat your own graveyard to make it a really big threat nice got trample too nice. got trample Sorry, please continue. Now, so you weren't going to play that as a... Were you not going to play that as a Lurus deck then? No, I was already not playing Lurus because uh, I was playing hmm. Graveyard Trespasser. Okay. So you see that the Prowler is kind of the same card. It did your Graveyard as well. So Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. I, I like the, uh, the, the Trespasser. I do feel like that card is, was starting to pick up at the end of the last season. You know, it was one that we called out early as being a really strong card that didn't have a home. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm glad that people are starting to find some places for it. Yeah, I think it's a super good card as well. Um, so I want to try those. I wanted to try Hellbreacher Horror in some kind of Omnath deck. But hmm. I didn't okay. get around to do that because I, I think it this card is really strong if you can just cast it ahead of schedule. So... Uh, Omnath deck would have the mana to do that. The Holebreaker Horror, that was the one that was uh, Ashiak was talking about, right, Kevin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... I, I yeah, yeah, I wasn't big on it, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anything think, else? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's see here. I want to see Welcoming Vampire still. I haven't gotten a chance mm -hmm. to brew with that one. Yeah, it's pretty interesting that I thought that I would play this card in the sideboard of the deck I'm going to talk about, but I found better options. Hmm, okay. So... Um, yeah, I, yeah, I was, there's a couple yeah. other cards I I wanted to pass, but nothing, nothing great beside those. Beside those, like the Wandering Mind. Mm -hmm. That that one is a tough one to crack because I don't know where I, I want to play that. I know I want to play. It I have really liked it. I liked it in Enigmatic as a probably as a one of maybe even as a two of just because it digs so deep. Mm -hmm. It yeah, goes six, right? That. The only the only thing is that red like the deck has no red cards besides fire besides fires of invention, so it's mm. a bit tough it's to true. cast that. But mm. you probably can can like make adjustments to the mana base to support it. Yeah, a couple more Nylia's presence or something mm -hmm. too helps. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I also was hoping that you would have picked up the welcoming vampire. Uh, Kevin, but you know, I guess we can wait on that and see where that fits into Pioneer later. Uh, I also wanted to make a Cultivator Colossus brew, but I'm happy that you have one of those today, so I guess I'm fine. I'll, I can't wait to check out your list. Um, yeah, I'm happy to talk about that one. Unless we wanted to start there, I, I was giving it to you to start off, but we could go right into that if that's a card that you were looking to, to brew with. Yeah, I mean, that's one of them. Yeah, but the other cards I wanted to brew with that I didn't get around to today were uh, the Maniform Hellkite, which I still think there's a deck to build around. Um, maybe Chandra Dressed to Kill and Henrika Domnathi, maybe <laughs> some kind of uh, lifelink, flying, death touch, tribal type thing mm -hmm. that I want to work on. So. I do have a Chandra deck that I'm waiting to I'm waiting to try that out when in a league when I can get my hands on some new the new Chandras, but I don't want to buy them, so I want to see when they're rentable. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's also yeah, that problem, uh, right? Also, in the beginning, if, especially if you're playing on Magical Line, the cards are hard to get and expensive. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's yeah, that's one limiting factor, I suppose. Yeah, so maybe maybe that can be our quick spike uh, tip here, is that if you're playing in the next day or two, you know, by the time this episode comes out, maybe it's too late for this, but you're going to see a lot of the new Thalia 
A, yes, she's very good, but also she's an old card, so she's already on Moto, so she's not as hard to find as all the other new cards people want to try brewing with. Mm. So people who are brewing right now are going to be like, "Ooh, I'm going to grab, uh, I'm going to grab this Thalia throw it in a deck because I can." They want to try that new that new hotness. Yeah, I have been playing Thalia decks for like two days now because it was very easy to get. You're right. All right, let's jump into some lists, go through some brews together, and uh, have a little fun here. So, did you want me to start off yeah. with this Cultivator Colossus deck? So, Cultivator Colossus is one we didn't talk too much about, but it's a 7-drop. I told you guys I'd come back and uh, and go over this. It's a 7-drop with Trample. Um, it's Star Star, where it's power and toughness equal to the number of lands you control. And when it enters the battlefield, you draw a card, can put a land from your hand into play. And then, if you do, you repeat that any number of times. So... What I wanted was something where I can put Cultivator Colossus into play, and that wins me the game that turn, usually. Um, and what I was thinking about is that, you know, there's a couple cards that let you kind of cheat with this. Um, so Alhamaret's Archive is a five-drop artifact, which is, you know, kind of no do-nothing-nonsense. Um, but what it says, whenever you draw a card other than the first one each turn, instead you draw two cards, and whenever you would gain life, instead you gain twice that much life. So... Um, there's also a Teferi's Ageless Insight, which only has the first half of that, and that one's four mana. They're also both legendaries, which is why I have two of the Archive and one of the Insight. But the idea here is that you put the Cultivator Colossus into play, you draw two cards, if any of those is a land you put into play. Then you draw two more cards, then you put a land into play, two more cards. It's really hard to miss mm. when you're drawing two cards each time, especially if you've got a land or two in your hand when you first put it into play. Um, and then the rest of the deck is kind of just about ramping up to that point, and... You know, so good stuff with Omnath, Lotus Cobra, um, Sylvan Carry added, and then winning from that point. So I've got a few things to do to, to actually win. Um, for one, I've got Kazul's Fury, which it's very easy to turn Cultivator Colossus into a 2020. Um, if you've got a Lotus Cobra into play and you put you know 20 lands into play, you've got 20 mana. You can either do that. You can do I've got a Fireball and Light Up the Night. Um, there's a few ways to otherwise just kind of win the game on the spot. There, there's a, a one of Valcut Exploration. Which, whenever you play a land, you'll exile the top card of your library, and any of the ones you don't play, you go into your graveyard, and it deals your opponent a point of damage for each one. So basically, if you can put enough lands into play, it just kills them that way too. So the few different ways to win from there, and then the rest of it's, yeah, usual stuff, growth spiral, um, expressive iteration, change of the rocks, removal. Um, and there's a fair amount of life gain, so it does actually take advantage of that part of the Alhamarit's archive, as well as a handful of card draw with growth spiral, um... Eureka moment, Omnath itself, etc. I have a question about Teferi's Ageless Insight. I've never actually sure. seen that before. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, just uh, what, 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 what's the question? I mean, I mean, just like how does it fit into the deck? I mean, is it just just to dig deeper, basically? Yeah, it's really just my backup. Um, it's my backup version of the Alhamrits Archive. So again, when I play the Cultivator, I'm going to be drawing two cards for every land that I play. Mm-hmm. As many times it also works well with like every effect that draws a card in the deck, right? So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you ever have any problems casting Eureka moments? I mean, I know it's just like a bigger growth spiral. Um, it it is a little awkward that there's times where I wish it was just eight four more copies of Growth Spiral mm-hmm. because um, you know, you can kind of net mana with Growth Spiral and a couple of Lotus Cobras. It's harder to do that with Eureka moment. Mm. Um, so it, it, that's definitely, if there's a suggestion, I could see playing with that card. Uh, it doesn't quite do what I want it to. Like, I wouldn't want um, Arbor, what, Arbor, what's the, uh, the 0-3 um, that Lotus Field plays? 
Uh, I just want some other way to put more lands into play. Our body breather. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, that that's one. the one. Okay. Grazer. I also wanted to say thank you for putting Mizium Mortars in the sideboard. That's a good card. <laughs> it, it is a really cool card. Uh, I'm I'm glad that card has been seeing play. You know, I I say this that I love about Pioneer is that there's a lot of different options at similar power levels, and lately the top decks, you know, Phoenix and Winota, both have some really important four uh, four toughness mm-hmm. creatures. So. Mizium Mortar has been seeing a lot of play, um, especially in things like the green-red deck that can actually overload it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, just be able to hit an early thing in the ice, um, still hits a drake when it's flying, and can hit things like Winota. And it doesn't hit your stuff. That's what I like about it so much. It's yeah. only opponents. But hey, Akali, anything you wanted to say about the deck? Yeah, so... Um, you, you are doing something which I like here. I thought about something like this. With the Genesis Ultimatum, it's a way to put the Colossus into play. Mm-hmm. And let's see here. Yeah, this... I'm not sure I would actually play the cards that let you win the, the game on the spot. Because they're kind of... They're, they're kind of do-nothing cards. Like Kazel's Fury? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean like the, the Archive and the Tefetis. The Archive. Yeah. Or the Archive, yeah. uh. I, I also, yeah, I mean, that's uh-huh. probably what's fair is that, you know, if you took out the Colossuses, took out the Archives, and put in, you know, some Ugins and, or, you know, some other big Wincon, you know, anything that's got Omnath, Expressive Iteration, and Ramp and Removal is probably going to be a good deck. Um, I, I think the Colossus could be fine silly by itself. Yeah. Mm. So, I, so, for example, the, the Colossus could work really well if you're playing a card like Felder Retreat. Because uh, mm-hmm. if you just put like three lands mm-hmm. in play, you get like three cats or three counters on every creature. Or mm-hmm. a titleist tracker, cards like that. Yeah, yeah and I think I, I probably removed some Felidar retreats from what this deck would have originally looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I saw, I see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to have like a combo. So, like, it's fair that you put some of the cards you did in this deck. But no, if, you're, like trying to, if you're trying to go off and like kill them when you cast the Colossus, maybe I would just try to go down to 60 cards to have that more often. Hmm. That's true. I will say that when I was testing this, you know, I would forget I had Yorian. It's not something that I would really call very often. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it was that I just wanted to have enough lands in the deck that when I'm col- comboing off, it actually you know, gets, gets enough lands in play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I could see that, and something that could be true as well. You would you would like find this when you actually play test. If winning with Jace is not easier than winning with the Fury hmm. or Valakut, uh, or the Valakut exploration, because J- Jace is kind of, of Fury, yeah. yeah. J- Jace is kind of a nice one, or like Hassel's article, probably Jace. Uh-huh. I will say Valakut's Awakening is something that's been really funny. Um, I've played that a few times with Alhametzer Archive and play and drawn like 14 cards. Wow. So, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... Alright, that you know, this was this was kind of my fun deck. Um, that's about what I expected to hear from it. Uh, I like it though. I, I don't I think really this is like going to be... <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely when... I don't think you're going to run into this in a league or I anything. I definitely don't think it, this it is, is fun. The, the most powerful thing to be doing this show, but it's pretty cool. This is a great Friday Night Magic deck. 
True. There we go. Yep. Excellent. You know, if I sat uh, down uh, next to somebody playing it's this, it's a great Friday like, night oh, magic crap. deck for. Uh, <laughs> it's a great Friday night magic deck for somebody who can afford, you know, the four Omnath, the uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, Ren and Seven right now. Um, a few of these cards are kind of pricey. Yeah. But really expensive i mean just playing like a four color with your deck the lands alone are probably like what 80 percent of the the deck's price no that and yorian yeah all those triumphs yeah yeah okay um should i go next thanks i know Claudia, you only have one today yeah you could you, you could yeah i can pass it to you next yeah. ryan all right so i kind of struggled making this but i i wanted to uh uh, give it a try. I, I said on our last podcast when we were talking about the new Kaya Geist Hunter card that I kind of wanted to build a deck around this. I think Kevin was kind of going along the, the lines of Anointed Procession. And <laughs> I thought that was a little bit maybe too slow. She's kind of Anointed Procession herself. So what I wanted yeah. to do uh, is kind of go more of like a mid-rangey control type uh, Planeswalker focused tokens deck. And that's what I did for my black-white tokens. Um, my list that I posted here is missing the new cards because I couldn't upload them uh, with oh, the okay. app app I was using. But basically, it's playing the Kaya Ghost form. Um, actually, not Kaya Ghost form. It's playing the Kaya Geist Hunter card. And uh, her abilities, her uh, first ability is that um, creatures you control gain death touch. And then, uh, sorry, this is her plus one. And then you can put a plus one, plus one counter up to one target creature you control. This is good if you're making a lot of 1-1 one, one tokens and you can never really push through bigger creatures, but that makes them really hard to block, which is great. Uh, and she's only 3 mana too, which means you can play her rather early on after you uh, you know play some other tokens. Uh, her minus 2 is basically the Anointed Procession or the uh, Parallel Lives type, type thing. So until the end of turn, if one more tokens would be created, you get twice that many tokens. And her minus six is you exhale all cards from graveyards and create a minus one, minus one, sorry, not minus one, a one, one white spirit token with flying for each card exiled, which I think is not going to be that hard to do if you are just, you know, how can I say? If you're just, uh, plusing, what'd you say? No, I mean, if you're just plusing, just plusing every turn. yeah, and if you're just like throwing down more tokens to protect her and stuff like that. So the way I built around this is, uh, like I said, more planeswalkers. I have two, ga- sorry, three Gideon Alley of Zendikars, which make you know the two two knights, and you know also have emblem. I added uh, two of the old Sorn Solemn Visitors, just because the Life Link uh, plus one plus zero until your next turn will uh, make it hard for uh, how can I say the aggro decks to uh, kind of uh, you know put you at a low enough life total to to kill you before you can ultimate her or you know just take over the game. And I also have an Ajani strength of the pride which uh is the you gain one life for each uh creature and planeswalker you control and you can do like a minus sorry if, if you have 15 more life than uh Come your starting the, life total all their, all yeah you, yeah you, you basically mm-hmm. exile all their creatures and artifacts and stuff like that so kind of like a board wipe but the rest of the the deck um you know if you're playing black white you're going to play fatal push Got Thoughtseize in there, and uh, also have some Vanishing Verse as uh, some other uh, removal. And then because it's tokens, I have some token creators. I have uh, four Raise the Alarm for some early tokens at instant speed. I have three Secure the Wastes, you know, again for like a, the later round, sorry, the later turns when you want to make a lot of tokens at once with uh, Kaya's ability. 
Um, I have Doom Scar just as a way to kind of slow down those Stompy decks or uh, any of those other you know big decks that can kind of just go over all my one one tokens. Uh, I'm also trying out Blot Out the Sky from Strixhaven, which is uh, basically you can create X two one uh, white black flying creatures, and if X is six or more, you can basically turn it into a uh, how can I say. What kind of effect? Like a cat, not a cataclysm effect, but it destroys all non-creature, non-land permanents. If you, if I it's mean a wrath, or, uh... it's a wrath, but it's not. It's more than wrath. It's like a ruinous it's, ultimatum. It's, it's almost. Like the planar cleansing, right? Yeah, it's like a pl- yeah. planar cleansing. If you need that effect, otherwise you just do five. You know, and you make you make a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. But I figured, you know, it's black and white. You know, it, it gives us a little bit of versatility. Why not play that? Uh, Legion's Landing. I'm not sure if I want Legion's Landing, but I did want something like at one mana that uh, was you know, something I play on turn one, other than uh, Thought Caesar, Fatal Push, to kind of give me a way to start with my uh, hidden stockpile combo, which is the uh, mm-hmm. white black enchantment. You sacrifice a permanent, or whenever whenever a permanent leaves the battlefield, you get to create a one-one token at the end of the field at the end of the turn. So this is kind of like your engine. You know, you're just continuing to make more and more and more, and you're just you know flooding the battlefield with tokens. Um, and then uh, just the other thing I wanted to point out in the lands, I have uh, Ormondal or Westvale Va- Westvale Abbey, which I haven't seen forever, and I think that's a great card that should be seeing more play, especially if you're gonna be playing something like a tokens deck. And sideboard, uh, I have Elspeth Sun's Champion, just as another token maker, is also kind of a uh, um, board wipe for you know the stompy decks and whatnot, and I have Liliana Dreadhorde General. She makes tokens, but she also gives you card draw, so she might actually be good against some other you know uh, uh, I don't know mid range or uh, control decks or something like that. So, what do you guys think? Any tips? Any advice? Would you have done um, this totally differently? Why don't you start off, Claudio? Because I've got a lot of suggestions, but I don't know if it's going to end up <laughs> helping or hurting. I mean, this is my weakest deck, so that's why I let off with I it. Thi- okay. I think you can like improve this deck quite a bit, to be honest. But I think you so, have some some like cool cool ideas here. How would you change it? Like, what, what for, would be your for choices? example? I think the Anointed Procession is a great is a great idea because when you like you, your deck has to be doing something unique and unfair, right? Mm. And when you have multiples mm-hmm. of those out, you start doubling the double. That's when you get like things start getting out of control. Especially like you have a Kaya and you have that, and you minus Kaya, then you make four times the amount of tokens. So and... what would you get rid of? Because the thing is, I feel like you run out of token producers when you start putting in those annoying processions instead. Kai is not only token creatures, right? It's any token. Uh, let me yeah. check because I might. Uh, I think might Kai be might be token creatures. Hang on, let me let me check. Yeah, it says thing. until it says well, if one or more tokens would be created, so any token. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. she she works nice. pretty well. It's uh, like I was thinking about playing, changing some of the cards and playing like Tribe Inspector and Deadly Dispute in your deck. Mm-hmm. Because like you make clues and you make treasures. And if you have, and they they also help the hidden stockpile uh, to start mm-hmm. going. So, um, so maybe get rid of like Legion's Landing and just add those to make four Thraven Inspectors. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like you can cut some of the weaker cards, like Blood of the Sky and Doomscar. Mm-hmm. 
You probably yeah. don't need this. If you were gonna play a sweeper, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind Kaya's Wrath. I think Kaya's Wrath. Is that the one where you gain life equal to the tokens you have or the creatures? The creatures you control. Yeah, yeah. it's also just one mana cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, I think might be worth. Well, it. If, if three we mana. end up end up like playing small creatures, maybe Dusk Dawn is an option. Hmm. There's also um, Mitok um, Massacre. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's something as well. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I, I think you have a lot of room to work with, with here because I think this could be like a, a dedicated West Vale Abbey deck. So I, mm-hmm. I would just play a bunch of those. Go up to like two of them, maybe. Yeah, maybe even three. I don't know. I could mm. see that this being the, the focal point of the deck. Just, and just keep on making uh, a bunch. Yeah, just trying to flip this as fast as possible. I could I could see that, and then that, that would uh, anointed procession would then work really well with that making all the tokens. Mm-hmm. I think we, I don't know if you'd want to get four anointed procession just because you already have the Kaya effect. Maybe like what three perhaps? Yeah, plus yeah. the two Kaya mm-hmm. gives you kind of five total effects. Yeah, that could be a lot. You could um, also yeah, maybe play. Even... You could also, could also maybe play Jadar, because yeah, I was your, thinking. Uh, yeah, so yeah. that sounds pretty cool. That, that's where I was gonna suggest. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say let's see if we can lower the curve a little bit. Mm. Like I think Jadar would be a pretty good one, especially with the uh, the stockpile, mm-hmm. because you'd be losing the zombie every turn and coming back. Yeah. Um, I also think a good one to make tokens might be the uh, Timeret calls the dead. Isn't bad. What does that do? That one mills oh, you Timuret. three, and then if you. Yeah, uh, you you exile a creature enchantment from your graveyard and make a zombie. You do that again on two, and then on three you gain life and scry with the number of zombies you control. Yeah, I don't know if that yeah that one's not bad. Working our deck. I don't have any creatures. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Then maybe after <laughs> adding the jadars and but... the, the processions, you have enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Procession would work good with jadar. Because it it does work with enchantments too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you have a like a nice idea here that's pretty rough and it can mm. be improved. Yeah, I haven't even tested this out. This is more. This is just a theory deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so here's a question: How do you feel about Rite of Oblivion? I feel like that could be a card that would work really well with some of what you're doing with like hidden stockpile and stuff. What is Rite of Oblivion again? So that that one's it's white and black. You sacrifice a is it a, any permanent? Uh, no land permanent. Yeah, or yeah, non-land permanent. I mean, so so you sacrifice a non-land permanent to cast it, but it exiles a creature. No, any non-land permanent for two and one. Yeah, sorry, I I keep underselling it here. Yeah, exile (laughs) any non-land permanent, and you can flash it back for four. So, you know, if you've got a token from your hidden stockpile, that's just a removal spell. That might be better than vanishing verse, or Mm. really most of your removal here. It's a good idea. That card was really impressive in the black white deck was playing. Yeah. I definitely will try those uh, changes out. You know, once I actually get a chance to I test almost, this, I almost feel like you could. Uh, you might be able to make this a Luris deck. <laughs> nah. Cut all the planeswalkers. Cut all the. <laughs> nah. Uh, you, you want at least the procession. I'll come back right? to you with that. You want at least the procession. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You want what? The anointed the procession, procession that costs far. Yeah. This is got like a slow burn, slow roll, but it's like it's super hard to attack into. That's the whole point. You know, you just flood the board. No one's really playing anti-token uh, uh, stuff, so and I, I would, yeah. I would also think that you know having all these uh, non-creature um, sources of token generation would also be really hard for control decks to deal with as well. 
I feel like uh, it, might, it might start a little slow, though. I feel yeah. like the curve yeah. currently is a little high. Yeah, I'll work on that then. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling like the, uh, what is that meme? I think it's like a Jimmy Neutron meme. It's like, every day this week you've brought me um, black-white <laughs> tokens. I feel like you do this every uh, spoiler season. Really? Is you try and make yeah. it work, and then, then I try and build off it, and it doesn't work. There we go. I'll try this out. I'll test <laughs> All right, it out. Why don't, why don't we pass it to Claudio? You know, we're, we're uh, let, let's see what he's he's brought us. Let's, let's move ourselves to something uh, a little bit more playable green white there we go <laughs> oh i was just gonna say green white but <laughs> yeah so like this is the first deck i wanted to try with the with the new set ba- basically this is um existing deck that i just uh wanted to try like basically my idea was to try the best tally shells because this mm, this yes. is a card is, is going to be powerful everyone knows that so Let's try to figure out the best home for it. So this is the first one I tried. Uh, it's like a green-white company deck that's like using the, the hate bears. Mm-hmm. So the idea here mm-hmm. is that you play a bunch of creatures that attacks your opponent, like Talia, Archon of Emilia, and Elite Spellbinder. And to top it off, you have Collected Company to to have like strong, strong plays. Um, so let's see. This I I basically took the darkest mage list that he was playing before, and I I added some new cards like the Adeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, that card. Yeah. That card. She slaps. has been really strong for me because she's she's a really powerful clock. Because the idea of this deck is to keep people off, like your opponent off balance while you're you're the you the player creatures. Yeah, like she's she's the clock that the deck needed, I think. Hmm. Yeah, so she's got uh, she gets bigger for each number of creatures you have, and she puts a token into play when she attacks, right? It's whenever a creature. It's not attacks. just when she attacks. Yeah. It's yeah, whenever you attack. Yeah, she's even better than okay. creatures. So you don't have to attack with her; you can just attack with somebody else and keep getting the the, mm-hmm. the creature Yeah, so tokens. like the turn the turn you play her, she, you can already get a token if you attack, which is pretty nice. Is Augur of Autumn? Is that from the last set? Yes. Yeah, that one is Midnight Hunt. Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't I haven't seen that seeing any play yet. Is that any good? Have you been testing this out at all? Yeah, I have been testing that because this is, this deck is playing a lot of mono darks. So mm-hmm. I was kind of looking towards card that, cards that helped me help me like filter the top of my library and like just have my resources mm-hmm. and. Ranger class is kind of a card that does that, but it's like uh, a bit awkward with Stalia, mm. and mm. I can't hit that off my company. So I'm testing out the. I'm not sure that card is going to stay in the deck, but I'm testing that right now because it's some. It's a card that does what I want basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay, a couple questions I've got on this. So, like, mm-hmm. I think if you're looking at green-white shells with company, what's um, the advantage here to going non-humans versus humans? Like, you've gone kind of the hate bears, you're getting to play dorks on one, whereas the other option would be to play, like, Thalia's lieutenant and go into that humans tribal. Mm-hmm. So, I think that like, if you're playing humans, basically your only payoff for doing that is Thalia's lieutenant. And I don't think that's good enough to force you to play not the best creatures for 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 the options. Like you see that a lot of creatures I'm playing are are actually humans, 
but mm-hmm. like Archon of Amelia is not a human, and Skyclave of Parisia is not a human. If you start, yeah, you'd you have know, to play Brutal Cathar. Yeah, that's and that's, that's, a big that's a, jump down. Yeah, that's not as strong as uh, a Parisian. Mm. Uh, like if you're playing against Phoenix, if you Brutal Cathar the thing in the ice and they kill it, they just get you back, and you still have the same problem in your hands. So. Yeah, that does slow down Thing in the Ice. I, I like specifically Thing in the Ice, I think that's fine against, but a lot of what else they're doing, mm-hmm. it's not great. And like the other thing as well is that you get speed, right? Because you, you're playing Monodorx, so you can play Archon on turn 2 and Spellbinder on turn 2, Adeline on turn 2 sometimes. So you, you have mm-hmm. the, the uh, Company on turn 3, you have Explo- Explosion if you're playing this version. Okay, yeah. But, I wonder. Yeah, you uh, have some trade-offs. Like your mana is worse, for example, because I I am playing double white, double white cards and double green cards. So mm. the mana is a bit sketchy because you don't have the fast, the green white fastland. Mm. And can't do unclaimed either. Uh huh. Yeah. And if you're playing humans, your mana base is certainly better because you are mm. not going to be playing many green humans. Mm-hmm. Oh, Although um, I was going to ask about Torrens because that's one I've seen at the three drop of some of these kind of decks. Um, how do you feel about that card? Torrens, I'm I'm not I'm not a big fan. Hmm. He was the guy that puts the tokens into play, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I think most people have I've had the sentiment, and I feel like a lot of people have said that it plays better than it looks. But um, I, I just was wondering if you got a chance to try him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm just not sure where I would fit a card like that in this deck because, like, if anything, I would rather play the Farf Adeline because she she's a, she's amazing. Hmm. The Farf point point of toughness is just great. I I feel like she is a better Torrance in some aspects. Which one? Yeah, I mean they work they work together, but yeah, I can see that. Maybe maybe Torrance fits better with like, a, a, you know, obviously a more humans build. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that would make sense. Like, if you're actually playing humans, you can probably get more advantage of the fact that the tokens are humans themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a quick question, though, about this deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you're saying, you're you're wondering, you know, how Thalia is going to affect kind of some of these other card choices like Ranger class. Is it possible maybe that Ranger class should be in the sideboard? Like, what do you think? Would it be better in the sideboard and then, like, bring it in when you need, you know, that extra body and, you know, that ability to look at your library against, like, control or mid-range decks? I think it's I think it's fine to have in, to have in the main deck because, like, you can empty your hand pretty fast. Hmm. Because, yeah, your cards are cheap and have mo- you have monodorks, so having that extra way to, to just use your mana is really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the other question I wanted to, I wanted to ask is, you know, you have scavenging use, you have a one of in the the main board here. In the sideboard, you have Apostle Purifying Light and Rest in Peace. Would it be better to have like maybe a few more scavenging ooze in here? I would think that you know black is not so much of a big problem. Um, you know, if you wanted something that's going to, you know, maybe be a little bit better against uh, burn or or even like the Phoenix decks, I would think Scavenging Ooze is better than Apostle. Like, so I'm playing the Apostle because the Arcanist matchup is pretty scary. It, it's a mm. quick, 
So my my idea against like the heavy removal decks like uh, vampires as well, for example, is that mm-hmm. I keep our train a lot right now. Is that if I put a couple counters on the protection creature, they can never beat that. Hmm. So with the Ranger have... class or the aspirant. Well, you have Fiend Slayer, Paladin, and Garrick's Harbinger as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying a, a bunch of different ones. For example, mm. I was playing Knight of Autumn in my sideboard at some point. But mm. I wanted a card that was going to be both good against Burn and Arcanist as well. So I I added the Paladin instead. Mm. Because it kind of works the, both ways for me in that, mm-hmm. those matchups. So... And it, for example, the, the Apostle against Sarkonis sometimes dies because they play Magma Spray and the Paladin is immune to all removal. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of trade-offs on the card choices you can make. Yeah. that's That would be okay. my one point. Anything you want to say, Kevin? No. Yeah, that that uh, I think this deck could be really strong. And I, I agree. Let's find out what the best version of green-white Thalia is, mm. it's probably going to be a deck in the format. Yeah, definitely, I, le- definitely. I learned a couple things playing this. Like, there's there's tension with Thalia and your non-creature spells, but if you yeah. plan out your turns, you can kind of get around it most of the time. Uh, maybe you don't, need, you don't need to play Thalia on turn 2 all the time. You can, if you, that's going to hurt your curve, mm. yeah, you can save her for later. Um... She, she is a must-kill against most decks, so I feel like it is okay to play the four of her and a player with things that like Coco, because she's still going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also, shout, just a shout-out to Dromok's Command, that this card has been amazing. <laughs> like, amazing the sideboard, because people people try to get rid of your your creatures with Anger of the Gods, Fry, cards mm-hmm. like that, and Dromok's Command is just amazing. Mm. Yeah, good. yeah. I'm happy to see it that play. Good. I'm happy that it's seeing play. All right, uh, Kevin, want to move back to you to your to your uh, deck? Yeah. So this one, I think it's more of a work in progress. But I did want to, you know, I wanted to try out some of the new things with vampires. I think there's a lot of ways you could go with vampires. You know, mono black, I'm sure, is still great. I do think that there is some exploration though in the other colors. You know, red and white, um, either how the deck currently looks or what I tried is I went actually lower and I tried a, a Luris deck. And what I was really looking at is the blood tokens. Like I wanted to find out whether or not blood was actually any good. Hadn't gotten to play any limited yet. And what I tried out is something that played a little bit into madness. Um, so the card that I was really looking at that I liked a lot was Falconrath Gorger. So this is the one mana from the last shadows over in Estrad. Um, and it makes all your other vampire creature cards have madness, um, madness equal to their mana cost. So with the blood tokens, you can pay one sacrifice blood token, mm, discard mm, mm. any creature, and then cast it, and you draw a card. So basically you're drawing a card on every creature you cast, and you're casting creatures at instant speed. Nice. Um, now, I didn't go all the way into that, so I'll discuss that a little bit at the end, just looking at like what I've got. I went more aggro. I was like, okay, I want Knight of the Ebon Legion. I want um, the Vampire Socialite, the two-mana Lord. Um and from there, just like some other strong creatures. I, I did like the Blood Tide Harvester. That's the two-mana one, the three-two that makes a blood token that enters. The one-mana that makes a blood token and deals damage to the opponent I thought was kind of cool. Um, and then I've also got, you know, Fiery Temper as a madness spell. I've got Hungry for More, which I don't really mind discarding because you can cast it from the graveyard. Fatal Push's removal. And then I went with Bloodthirsty Adversary just as a strong card that can get some more value. Um, 
maybe those should just be the cemetery gatekeeper. I haven't gotten to test that card yet. Um, haven't been able to find it on Moto, so um, I'm not sure yet how good that is in the meta. If there's a lot of, if it is easy enough to turn it on, because maybe that's just where that should should be. Otherwise, if this isn't good enough, um, well, the other thing I was looking at is like I could have gone more all in on madness, and I didn't. There's cards like Stromkirk Condemned. There is um, what is the one drop? The Insulin Neonate. Yeah. There's Alms of the Vein as another madness card. Um, so I, I did want to pick your brains on that. It's like, is it worth trying going like all in on the madness plan and going really big on blood, or um, should I go a little less on the blood plan and more on the aggro plan? There's a few cards here that I'm kind of like, I don't know if Hungry for Hungry for More is, it's either sometimes amazing, sometimes terrible. Uh, let me think if there's anything I didn't mention. Oh yeah, I didn't, uh, the Voldaran Blood, Blood Razor, what is that card actually called? Voldaran Blood Caster, uh, that, that's another one that makes blood. It's been sometimes really good, it can okay. sometimes slip over into a 3-3 that makes your blood tokens permanently into 2-2 flyers, mm -hmm. which is really nice. Um, the other place where I've liked that one is with the Blood Tithe Harvester. That can tap and sacrifice to give a creature minus X minus X, where that's twice the number of blood you control. So if you put Bloodcaster into play first, you get an extra blood before the trigger goes off, so you can kill a 4-4 with just the two of those. Um, and then any kind of creature-based removal is really nice with Luris, because you can just, you know, bring him back and keep having removal show up. I would say, like, one thing... I like... Yeah, go ahead. I like Luris. I, I love the synergy that you have going on with the, the blood tokens and stuff like that. I feel like this deck needs a uh, a lord, or a lord effect of sorts. So the Vampire Socialite, it is a lord, but it's also kind of been one of the weaker cards in the deck. You know, it's awkward. So it's a 2-2 Menace, which is okay... And it does put plus one plus one counters on your other creatures when it enters, and when new creatures enter, they come with yeah, the plus one plus one counter. Situational. But it, it does it's a little situational and it does sometimes just not quite do its job. Mm. That'd be the one thing I think it might run into. Creatures are a little bit weak. Honestly, but, this yeah. deck looks very sweet. I didn't I didn't mm. think about using blood to enable madness strategy. Yeah, I kind of, kind of like what you have going on here. To be honest, uh, I, I, I like. I don't know. I, I, I don't know anything about like what you could be playing instead. So I'm not going to like critique card choices specifically, but mm -hmm. because you have, you would have to take a look at the vampires that work with Lurus. I don't have those yeah. of hand, but I think your your idea is, is amazing. I, I, I quite like it. Hmm. Um, okay, I'll probably keep messing with this if yeah. I, you know, get something fun or if I get a, a good league result, I'll tweet it out. Mm -hmm. um, I'll definitely be trying this once I can get my hand on some of those cemetery gatekeepers and the other new cards here. I would also like to say I see you playing two Den of the Bugbear. I think it's worth mentioning the uh, black one as well, the Hive of the Mind Tyrant. I mean, it's also I believe like the same class. You pay four mana and you get a three two. But uh, I want to say it's a 3-2 with Menace, and you get to exile a card. It's a 3-3 three, three Menace that, met, that exiles a card. Yeah. It's really just for me. I did want to have the red untapped on turn one. Okay. Uh, a little bit more important than the black untapped. Okay. Yeah, I like it. It's very clever. Uh, yeah, I would play probably the Voldaren State instead of the Territory, because Voldaren mm. State may... And maybe Mana Confluence, even. I guess... Oh, that's true, that's true. Because... It makes blow tokens, so it's kind of synergistic 
oh, uh, with what you have going on here. Um, yeah, but this is yeah. I definitely cool. overlooked that one. Um, I'll, I'll give I'll give Vidarin a stay to try. Yeah, it's a. I don't think you can play man, that many of those because it doesn't pay, pay for spells. Yeah, but it does pay for blood tokens, which is fine a lot of the time. Um, but it can at least replace the uh, I had an unclaimed territory. Maybe the Monoconfluence. I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll keep testing with this one, but I wanted to see what you guys thought, and I was a little bit... You know, I, there's a lot of little things I'm trying, but nothing's been too great yet. Um, this I at least thought had potential, but if and I, anything, I wanted to see if you guys could you, help me. You would have to be doing something unique to to convince me to that you actually want to ditch uh, Saurian Kalitas, and this is, this is something unique. You're, because you're trying mm-hmm. to be super aggressive and you have like mm. kind of a burn plan, right? Yeah, it can definitely burn out with hungry for more, fiery temper, mm-hmm. all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. Okay, I'll I'll keep playing with it. Uh, Ryan, you want to go to the last one you yep. want to talk about? So my last deck, uh, I also went black red, uh, but I went a different way. Uh, I went. I've always wanted to build a menace deck. I thought we were just missing a couple more cards. We needed some more critical mass for it to work. And the card that we got in uh, Innistrad Crimson Vow that I thought really helped it out was the other one drop. It was the uh, Kessig uh, Wolf Rider, which is like a 1-2 uh, with menace. And you can pay 3 mana and tap it to exile 3 cards and put a 3-2 uh, wolf creature token into play. And how I would use this along with uh, the other Menace creatures. So just to go through a list of what's currently in Pioneer that has Menace. Uh, you know, we talked about before the Insolent Neonates. You know, the 1-1 one, one with Menace. Glint Sleeve. That's right. Glint Sleeve Siphoner is the 2-1 that uh, you can um, get an energy whenever you uh, attack. And if you have 2 during your upkeep, I believe, or draw step, you can... Uh, sac- sorry, you can use the energy and lose a life to draw a card. So that's, that gives you some... Uh, some card advantage. Kari Zev, his first strike in Menace. She's another Menace creature. Null Priest of Oblivion from Zendikar's Menace and Lifelink. And then if you pay the kicker of, of four, I don't know how often that's going to happen. But if you do, uh, you can get another creature back onto the battlefield. Stormfist Crusaders from uh, Eldraine. Uh, it's a 2-2 Menace. And uh, during each upkeep, or beginning of your upkeep, each player draws a card and loses a life. So again, you're getting more cards here. Um, and then also we have Labyrinth Raptor, Raptor from Ikoria, which is a menace creature. It says whenever a creature with you control menace becomes blocked, defending player sacrifices a creature blocking it, which makes it almost impossible for them to kill your menace creatures, you know, because you get to get rid of, you know, they have to get rid of one and then you can just uh, kill the other one more easily. And then it also has a, a pump of uh, giving all your menace creatures plus one plus zero to the end of turn for a black and a red. And uh, a couple big ones that I have. I have Hunted Nightmare. I mean, there was another one. I think this is the 4 or 5. There's also a 5 4 that um, the Plague Vulture or something like that, that, you know, has something to do with zombies. I thought this was better. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, um, so it's 3 man for 4 or 5. You have to put a death. Opponent puts a death touch counter on a creature they control, but if everything has menace, it's going to be really hard to block. And then I also thought, um, you know, hey, we got all these menace creatures. Let's play Sonorous Howbender or Howbonder from Ikoria as well, which is a 2-2 menace for 3 mana. uh, So 2 black and red hybrid and a 1 mana. And it says each creature you control with menace can't be blocked. 
except by three or more creatures. So super basically, yeah, so it's super menace basically. And then the other instance, I have like some fatal push in here. I have Dreadbore. I have Cold Against Command because I want to keep on getting these creatures back. Uh, um, you know, if I uh, you know have any of them die, but also it's a two for one. I have Agadim's Awakening to get everything back into the uh, into play. And um, let's see what else. Uh, land, yeah, nothing special about the land. Uh, but the sideboard, uh, I have Valentine in there instead of Calatus because it's a one mana menace with Life Link, and then you can still get stuff. Uh, if I somehow the creatures get out of control, I have Massacre Girl who is a four four menace. You know, that puts the minus one, minus one on everybody and keeps doing keeps going on. If life link is a problem, uh, you have rampaging Ferocidon, which has a menace, and players can't gain life and then it deals damage whenever they put something into play. If you go against more of like a mid rangey or a controlled thing, you have Lolf Spider Queen. Um, so whenever a creature <laughs> yeah. you control dies, you, she gets a, a loyalty counter and zero is like you get to draw a card and lose a life. But uh, minus three, you get to two uh two one black spider. Creature tokens with menace and reach, and uh, the minus eight. She says, uh, "Whenever your opponent is dealt combat damage, I don't understand how that works. By one or more creatures you control, if that player lost less than eight eight life this turn, they lose life equal to the Makes difference." Makes all your creatures hit for eight, basically. Basically, okay, yeah. good, good. Um, but yeah, so what do you guys think? Does uh... oh, sorry, sorry. There's two other cards that I didn't add into the sideboard on this list because again, I couldn't upgrade update it, and that was the. Uh, the new one mana defender, the zero four in black. Uh, the curtain was it the called? Eye? Let me find it real quick. Ooh, that one's not bad. So it's yeah. zero four, and you ceiling curtain. Yeah, it's a good blocker, and you tap three to transform it. So when you transform, it becomes a three four menace that basically uh, thought seizes somebody. It's a non land card, and you have to make them discard it, and then. Oh, that's a little more interesting. Okay. Uh, they draw a card as well, though. But yeah, it's kind of I a vintage yeah, so right? Yeah, 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 it's more of a click effect. I thought that is neat. It's menace. So, what do you think, guys? <laughs> so, I want to say that there are a lot of cards in here that are actually, you know, very reasonable cards to be playing. You know, Glint Sleeve Siphoner hasn't seen much play, mm. but that's just a strong, you know, it's kind of the closest thing we have to a Bob. Um, I do think that, uh, hang on, what, what else did here is actually good. You know, Carrie Zev is a real card. Mm-hmm. No Priest has been fine. Um, I don't hate the raptor. So, like, the, the payoff is the raptor and the sonorous howlbounder. Oh, I mean, the Stormcrest Crusader is also, like, a reasonable card. I think you could get something here. Um, I think that take out some of the stuff, like the Hunted Nightmare, mm-hmm. probably is just going to be a little weak and put in a little bit more interaction. And that might that might be able to be a deck then. Mm. Um, that you can, that, I don't yeah. know if it's unfair enough, but I think that I think you can get something here. Cassage Wolf Rider, I'm really interested. Have you gotten a chance to actually try this out? No, because no, no, no. we didn't talk about that card in the set review. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe I'm just Boomer Magic, but I kind of like, oh, you know, it's kind of like, um, oh, what is the one that's uh, Pyromancer mm. for one mana? Oh, God, why can't I? You mean the Grim Lava Mancer? I was thinking about no. it when you were talking. Yeah, Grim Lava Mancer. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of like, oh, it's kind of like Grim Lava Mancer. You know, you're exiling three repeatedly and getting. Um, I'd worry about playing four of them without any way to. Put stuff in your graveyard. You know, be or... yeah, putting stuff in your graveyard. I also almost feel like rampaging Ferocidon wouldn't be a bad main deck. I card had it in, in there. The current point. format. Yeah. Um, I, I could see moving that to the main. My only worry then is like you've got Glint Sleeve Siphoner, you've got rampaging Ferocidon. I, I feel like you need something that's going to help you not lose to aggro. Oh uh, yeah, I need some life link. 
Yeah, something like that. I guess you've got the uh, the two one, but that, that's not great as a blocker. Yeah. Um, I don't know how strong this would be. I, I think it's at least interesting. I think that you know, black red. If you're playing, you know, you've got Thoughtseize, you've got Fatal Push, you've got a fairly reasonable creature base. Um, maybe you can just play some more fair things, like you know, throw in a Colagon or not a Colagon, a um, a Kroksai and some ways to support mm-hmm, it. And mm-hmm. Maybe you've got something here. Yeah, I think. What I do you think, go, Claudio? I would go kind of that route as well. I would cut like this. The cards you're just playing for the menace, the menace payoffs, and just play the strongest cards that you can find. Like, like he said, like I think the Frostbones are good enough to to main deck. Uh, and I would probably like cut the Hound, the Howbounder, and uh, the Nightmare for those, and. Like I, I think I don't think you want to play Colagans Command as well. You are trying to be very aggressive. Hmm. The Colagans Command is like a value card. I think. Like could this be a Luris deck? Uh, I don't think so. You want to play some three drops, right? Hmm. Because I was thinking, like the card I was yeah. going to suggest is like Emberquiv. I had that hmm. in my earlier build, and I took that out. So I could go back in there. But yeah, you definitely want a lot of one and two drops to be able to attack quickly. Yeah. So, I, do, yeah. I know it doesn't have menace, but it couldn't hurt to play some Bunny Crusher Giants oh. as well. Yeah. Just value. Yeah. So why, why don't you guys, yeah, just, kinda... you guys just come out and say it and just say play Black Red Arcanist instead. I mean, yeah, right. no, I could <laughs> do that. Try something with Labyrinth. You, you, want to you can try Labyrinth Raptor, but yeah. yeah. Try Labyrinth Raptor, just don't go all in. Like, yeah. I think that, you know, t- you know, take your L's and play something like a Bone Crusher Giant that, there uh, that's just there to be good. Yeah, balance it out a little bit. Okay, I got it. Yep, you could also, like, maybe yeah. play Chandra Tart of Defiance. Like, just some more s- stronger cards to shore up, up the weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe. Right. I don't know if this deck can support that, but you could play Call of the Death Dweller. Yeah, I was hmm. thinking of that as well. That's one where you the three mana sorcery, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was considering that. Because you get, uh, what, Death Touch and Menace? Death Touch and Life. Yeah, you know, giving things Link, Death Touch is pretty interesting here. Death Touch and Life w- Link? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Yeah, I would. Did you look at Forsworn Paladin and all? That one was from AFR, and we never really uh, looked at it. It's the one-one menace that can make, you know, make, creature, uh, make treasure tokens or give a creature plus Ooh, two plus zero. You, you know, you and know, death touch. you know where that ca- the creature would fit actually. Not in this deck. It could actually fit in the Kaya deck. Oh, the tokens deck. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it makes treasure tokens repeatedly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, I guess that wraps up our brews for today. Last question before we end: yeah. What was your favorite brew from this episode? So let's start with Claudio. Which oh, which of the brews? I mean, that, you can choose your own if you uh, want. Okay. But uh, <laughs> you know, you know, just which one did you like the best? And maybe just you know, tell us why you liked it. Oh, definitely the the vampires. This, I think the the hmm. the idea you had is kind of brilliant to use the the blue tokens as a madness enabler. I think like this could not could uh, just not be good, but it's really smart to do that. I really liked your idea here. That's probably my favorite. Uh, I really liked. Oh yeah. Oh thank you. Uh, I I like you know I didn't think it was good, but I, I like the black white tokens. You know I'm obsessed with it. Even if I feel like me and you, even if it's bad, we're we're gonna keep trying it. So I'm gonna take a look at some of what you're doing. I'm writing down some notes, but I might try it like a way lower curve. Hmm. 
yeah i i like the um your suggestions for that so i'll definitely look into that uh, i actually liked your cultivator combo you know i i wanted to make a deck with uh the cultivator colossus and it's a, a really neat way i thought it could actually be a fun deck i like fun decks more than i like competitive decks i don't know what it might struggle against but yeah i, I liked the cultivator combo that's my choice so all right well why don't you guys listening out there give us what you think as well what decks you like um and as well as trying to answer some of our questions you know how do we build vampires how do we build the best folly deck in magic mm. and if you want to hear our answers or uh, see what other people are doing we'll be tweeting all of that out from our twitter at mtg pioneers the best place to follow us and hear everything going on about pioneer and uh yeah uh of course you guys can follow me on twitter as well if you want uh my twitter is uh, at yoshwenky y-o-s-c-h-w-e-n-k-y if you have some sweet deck lists you want to share come into our discord and post them in our deck list channel we always love giving advice and you know saying what we like and, and stuff like that so uh definitely check that out and claudio how about you yeah you can find me at claudio mtg and i try to stream now also at the same name on twitch at at least the, the weekends like this week i'm going to be playing the pioneer showcase so turning for that it's going to be the first high stakes uh, pioneer event in a while so people are pretty hyped mm. for that uh mm. and that's kind of it I, I talk about a lot of pioneer like decks i'm trying and i think it's a it's a pretty pretty good source of, of like information about the about pioneer and it's claudio with an you'll h you'll find claudio <laughs> yeah claudio with an h yeah you'll find claudio blasting some metal and winning some trophies there over at uh, oh always always <laughs> All right, that's going to bring us to the end of our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are the First Pioneers Podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for pioneer information online. Your first pioneers are popping out. See you on the frontier. <laughs>